0: Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built On Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going. Hello and welcome to the Built On Air podcast.
1: Built On Air is a regular podcast where we talk with everyday people and learn about the amazing things they are doing with Airtable. Today's podcast is sponsored by OpenSide. OpenSide the leading solutions provider for Airtable customers. Check out openside.com to learn more about their products and services that can take your Airtable usage to the next level.
0: Use promo code BUILTONAIR to receive $20 towards any product purchase. In this episode, we talked to Abdul Ozenki, a Bay Area mobile app developer at Khan Academy, who's developed a series of no-code applets for Airtable called Mini Extensions. As a longtime Airtable user, Abdul discusses his path toward developing software and his goal to make Airtable even more accessible to beginners and experts alike. He explains how doing a simple coding exercise for his brother expanded to developing the now 18 extensions he provides on his website to the greater public, with even more on the horizon. Anything from downloading attachments in bulk to even machine learning is now possible thanks to his work. Abdul demos for us several of his tools in action, showing just how quickly you can add long-awaited features to your bases for a fraction of the cost of developing a custom web app from scratch. Good afternoon. Hey, how's it going? Going great. Thanks for coming on the podcast with us. Thank you for having me. So you are a software developer, right?
1: Yeah, I am a mobile engineer at Khan Academy. Mm -hmm. That's great. And I, yeah, I've, I've been there for about a year and a half now. I was um, I was in the Bay Area before that. I was going to UC Berkeley to mm-hmm. study computer science, and yeah, I've I've pretty much been coding since I was a uh, fourteen. I think is when I started. So it's okay. been a while now. But I was mostly initially starting with c- tools that are kind of no code tools. So back in the day, there was uh, a tool called Game Solid. I think I think they're still running too. They allow you to make sort of small iPhone games for. Mm-hmm um, for cross-platform and et cetera, without writing any code. And I started with that when I was 14 and it was just like, as soon as I started, I was just so, um, I was, I was, I really enjoyed the idea of making something from scratch and that was my favorite thing. So yeah, I mean, it's been now like about 10 years of me just, you know, progressively getting more and more, um, into the, the software engineering industry and yeah.
0: Great. Um, So Khan Academy is a great resource for people to learn those sorts of skills for themselves. Are you helping with um, writing some of the courses that they provide or do you do your coding for Khan Academy itself?
1: I do for the platform itself. So my main role is working on the mobile apps. So we've got Mm -hmm. a iOS mobile app and then an Android mobile app. And what I do is I build, you know, the platform that the videos or the exercises and the articles run on. Right. I, I I don't make any content myself.
0: Okay. Have you had any idea of what kind of Khan Academy course you would want to take? Oh, uh,
1: there are a lot of really good ones. The The ones that I really enjoy are around some of the art history, or world history, or even some of the some of the science stuff is pretty cool. So they, they do a bunch of I guess we, we do a bunch of like um, videos of explaining kind of, you know, concepts that usually you learn in school, but are hard hard to grasp and they become more about, you know, how am I solving this problem rather than stepping back and actually seeing the full picture. So we've got a bunch of those and those are probably my favorite because, you know, you, you can, you can tell that Sal, the CEO is like really interested in it. You can tell how much he's like really excited about the concept that he like he, he, I remember in one of the videos, I think he says, if this doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what's wrong with So like that, you know <laughs> what I mean? Something in that, in that realm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's really great. I love Khan Academy. I think they're an excellent resource and um, one of the many different ways people can learn how to make custom solutions that they need for their own businesses themselves. Now with you and your code writing is this you? You start. You said you started when you were fourteen, and you've continued on. You must have seen a lot of changes in the way people have approached writing code for apps and things. Um, I just wanted to l- learn about your perspective on that.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been very very interesting to watch the the changes. A lot of times, the changes are um, more towards how the tooling has gotten better. Yeah. So here here's a couple of examples of this. Back when I started, even if I was a great programmer, it would take me a long time to make uh, an app that today, let's say, would take me a third of the time to make. Okay. And the reason for all of that is, aside from the fact that the code itself got easier, like some languages got better, some languages got safer, like mm-hmm. Apple released Swift, etc. There are a lot of things that just evolved in the sense of like there are a lot of millions of programmers and they're sharing code and the shared code is really what makes things so much easier to, to to get started with today. Like if you're making an iPhone app, you used to have to write a single iPhone app, you can't use it on Android, et cetera. The current situation is, you know, Facebook made this thing called React Native and everybody can use it and it's open source and it's much, much easier to, to get started with. So that kind of transition has helped a ton. And then there's also a lot of on the backend side. So, you know, you have like Firebase or services like that, that give you more or less, if you're, if you're just building an app yourself, an entire solution that you don't really have to go and make your own backend, you can just use theirs. And that kind of stuff really, really made things much easier.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure it lets you be more creative as well, since you don't have to worry about starting from scratch every single time.
1: Yeah, and and it just produces a more, like, efficient system in general, right? Like, the the less time more of us have to do things that we all have in common, the better off everyone is. So, yeah, that's, and just, you know, even how good GitHub has gotten and how it's become so normal for a major big project to be kind of, like, on GitHub, open sourced being financed by by some company that is large and yeah it's, it's just it really is such a dramatic change from when i started i i had to like the resources were limited you know you couldn't find the things that you were looking for and my english back then wasn't so great so i'd be, I'd be googling things we're using the wrong terminology because you know my first language is arabic so sometimes the word is translated slightly differently because you can sure. have a word mean two things so i'd be you know googling forever on something that I'm not even using the right word for. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, th- things have evolved. <laughs> That's for well, sure. That
0: transitions into the work that you're doing, providing no-code solutions. So people don't have to make all of those Googling <laughs> quests that you did, right?
1: Yeah. And I feel like there's a certain level of tooling that is so um, simple, but requires just a little bit of programming. That mm-hmm. if someone doesn't have any experience in programming, it can be really daunting and really hard to set up. And you know, m- most people really in the the level of like extensions that I'm making here are things that a normal programmer would be able to do in a couple of days. But instead of having only programmers have access to this, all of a sudden I make it once and everybody could use it. Yeah. And the plan here is is really like. Make as many of these as possible. Every time someone asks me for one, I'll just make it. And the goal is that hopefully, if you have enough of these, then you know there's sort of a library that everybody could use, and then we'd have less of like, oh, you have to learn how to use an API to get this done. Yeah, because really, like, I don't even want to learn how to use an API to get it done. No one <laughs> wants to, so why bother?
0: Yeah. Well, um, I'm sure you've noticed with the people who've uh, made requests for you. Although um, Airtable appeals to many people across all the different fields and the different sectors, there's a lot of similar requests that people may need. So um, I'm sure that has helped you form almost like your priority list for the types of extensions that you've made already. Is there um, some kind of process that you have with maybe selecting well i haven't really thought of anything from this perspective that might be common to this type of airtable user
1: yeah it has happened a couple of times so the the main push of me doing this was my brother is a big airtable fan and we, we did this together so this mini extension is i kind of he's he he did like the wordpress part the part uh-huh. that you see the store yeah. and i did like the actual running of the jobs so he had a problem a couple of years ago where he was trying to convert URLs to attachments on your table. And he just had such a hard time finding a solution because he I think he told me that with the amount of records that he was trying to do, Zapier was costing like hundreds of dollars. Yeah. So I built a script for him that was sort of like you just run it in the browser and it was super simple. I just gave it to him and it was like, yep, this will fix your problem. Go ahead and do it. And then a couple of months later, we just we realized that, oh, we've had a lot of cases of these, of like things that we wanna solve for but we couldn't find a really, like, um, effective solution for them. So, right. yeah, so in, in, in most of the couple of first extensions, that was the case. It was just us needing something. So we are like, we're going to make it for us, and then other people can use it. Yeah. And then we kind of just went through the community forums and just started looking at what people were needing, what people were requesting, what are the most... Um, like, some of the most requested features are actually, like, the most obvious So uh, a lot of them are, yeah, you just got to like look hard enough and you'll find a lot. So one of them is downloading all of the attachments in a field, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's one of the ones that is that has like maybe 50 questions in the community forums. Yeah. So I focused mostly initially on those. And then the funnel now is getting thinner. So at this point, I'm starting to make extensions even without like anybody um, requesting them on the forum or anything. I, I just think oh something is useful and might as well make it kind of a deal. But yeah, I, I'm I'm really hoping that people would start requesting more. I've gotten a couple of requests, but not all that many. So I think that would probably be the best approach. I, I want to make sure that the the approach is okay, the first person who needs it gets it and then everybody else, you know, forever can can reuse this and it'll yeah. I'm I'm excited about the idea of just people hitting me up and uh, requesting more. Because those are the most useful ones I've seen. When I try to think of my own, generally, the the process isn't so great.
0: Yeah. Well, the way I use Airtable, I use it for a a couple very specific use cases. So it's it's always interesting seeing people um, request certain things. For instance, download all of attachments. For me, I can't think of a base where I really needed to do that. But I think that highlights an important feature of the work that you do generally and with Airtable is that there are so many different people who use it and in, use it in so many different ways. So yeah, in, in your personal, um, do you use Airtable to kind of maybe help sort feature requests you may have gotten?
1: So the feature requests are as a form. So mm-hmm. when you, you, you submit the form and, and it lands there, I haven't had to filter them because I haven't gotten all that many, mm-hmm. but the, the things that I use Airtable table for are more in the kind of like managing the project as we go. So my brother and I do a lot of like, you know, like just figuring out where everything makes sense and priority wise and you know, what do we want to do next? Things like that. But yeah, I, I I've used Airtable in the past for, um, for more stuff, I've actually, I've, I've been using Airtable for a while, even though I've never been such a, like, I've never been an aggressive user of Airtable, but I've used it maybe for like five years, six years now. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool to see the evolution of, it started so simple and it has gotten so much more powerful and so right. many more things happen on it that are, it's just, it blows my mind how much can be done by the fact that, you know, they built it for the purpose of, we're going to make everybody be able to do things that typically only programmers sure. were kind of like able to really do efficiently. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited about it.
0: I think I started Airtable the week they added blocks as a feature. So I w- at first I was like, oh, this is useful. And then that massive update happened. And I was like, this is suddenly the best product ever made. Um, and every now and again, I will come across something like the work that you do that makes it even more um, applicable to me and all the people I might try and help set up their um, logistics and getting through their daily lives or getting through um, their work schedule, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I was just yeah, looking.
1: What, what, I, like, what I'm actually excited about is the fact that by, by the fact that everyone is able to use Airtable, what will happen? Is the engineering things will just have to be easier to to use, right? And in that process, I think the engineering things will actually help me as a programmer, right? So if if the tooling that used to be so hard that only engineers can use is now much easier, the way it's built is much easier, and the the sort of like the foundations of how do you communicate with APIs, all of that, all of the simplicity that goes into Airtable makes my life as an engineer easier too. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I've, I've been very impressed with how much their API has been pretty solid. So I'm, I'm glad to see how, how well they're doing.
0: Yeah. So I know you've been, um, you know, working in this sort of in the Airtable space for some time now, have you considered working with, um, some of the other programs or online web apps that are often associated with Airtable. You mentioned Zapier earlier and and we know a bunch of different users um, rely on Zapier to pull in things from um, maybe QuickBooks or Google Calendar, that kind of stuff. Have you considered doing um, work for those types of services as well?
1: Uh, I have used those before and I, I've actually even um, my my brother was running a a news account on social media that was kind of like you know it, it was automated and it was basing basing the automation on Airtable, and yeah it's it's I, I've used those a lot and it, they are very very good I, I I just I what's what makes me hesitant about um a a couple of the integrations is the cost honestly because yeah. I, I I just I wish it was. I, I had wished it was mostly a monthly rate, a flat rate. And that's mm-hmm. why I made it this way. Because I, I just, I really, really like the idea of allowing users to build real kind of commercial applications on Airtable or sort of like, you know, you build a website or an app or whatever it is that that uses Airtable as its foundation. And to do that, sometimes you have to have a lot of records. And if you have a lot of records, you can't, you know, if if you have a process that is, Happening every time a new record is being added, and your whole website relies on this, right? I, 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 I had just wished it would be sort of like, um, here's a way to actually run your business without burdening you with um, how many records you have, because the, the doing the math in your head is, is sort of what's scary about it a bit.
0: Yeah, and also with, um, with Zapier, the uh, the certain amount of runs you get per month if you're in like the beta testing for your integration you're going to eat through those um very quickly so again you know great work that you've done that kind of circumvents that in a way that makes it more accessible to people and encourages them to continue building out their software needs
1: yeah i'm i'm excited to see what you know what what people are actually using these extensions for i think that that'll be really um that that would be the most satisfying i think yeah for me to know yeah
0: all right. Well, um, if you're up for it, can we take a look?
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm All right. Go ahead and share my screen. So this is the website.
0: MiniExtensions.com. Okay.
1: Yeah. So we've got a a lot of them at this point. We've got like 20. They're, the idea is that each extension would have a single purpose and it would be very obvious. So, you know, bulk download everything, convert URLs to attachments, and... You can go to an extension and you'll see it being used live in the videos. And you can even like, for example, go and, you know, view the resulting data. So for example, these are attachments that would get downloaded. Yeah. So I can go ahead and log in here to, to show you how it works in action. So probably one of the most popular ones so far has been this one, convert attachments, to, oh, sorry, convert URLs to attachments. So we've got two, we've got attachments to URLs and URLs to attachments. So in this one, the goal is to grab a bunch of URLs like this and convert them into, you know, Airtable attachments over here. So if I remove these attachments and then, you know, and and, and when you're using anything that integrates with Airtable, you'll always have to fill in a couple of um, things for like an API key and a couple of IDs. And they're pretty simple to find if, if people just follow the URLs there. And yeah, and then you can specify the names of the, of the fields that have URLs in them. So let me let me split screen this so it's simpler to look at. So these are these fields, right? So these are the fields that have the URLs in them. And this is the name of the field that you want the resulting attachments to be in. Right. Go ahead and run this. And yeah, it might take a second here. And all of these extensions, well, not all of them, but the vast majority of them can be scheduled to. Oh. Okay. So here you go. So there are, these images we'll start processing in, but yeah, so the process is super simple. You know, it's exactly what you think it does and it gives you exactly what you think it does. That's the goal kind of. There's not much fanciness to to it, you know? Um, Yeah, and like I said, you can schedule these or you can also have a webhook, which is useful for cases where, let's say you have a form and then you uh, you, you want the form submissions, to trigger this job. sure. So you won't, after a form is submitted, convert this URL to attachment. Then you can do that with this. Or even if you want to um, sort of plug it in, into an existing integration with some third-party website, a lot of them will support webhooks too. So you can use you can use that there too.
0: That's great. And you can do multiple fields to um, concatenate in the attachment fields. That's- Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. great.
1: Yeah. And- there is, let me show you the the one for the bulk download. So this is right here. So this is for this base right here. And it's got a bunch of, these are, these don't have to be images. So like you can see this is a movie. Yeah. But it's got a bunch of images, right? Like I think there's like over a thousand here, like, mm-hmm. like 1,300 or something. So the job just supposedly works very fast. So let's see how fast it works. Uh,
0: well, it most certainly works faster than if you tried to do this individually. Yeah, oh,
1: yeah. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, the, this is the only job that can't be scheduled because, okay. I mean, like, it, it doesn't make sense to schedule the download. Like, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to, I would have to email it or something. I'm still thinking about that. But, yeah, so here's the zip file. And, yep, so these are all the images. And, yeah, like I said, you can you can have any any sort of file. And right. These these are mostly repeated images on purpose because, you know, it's hard to add 1300 images sure. on demand.
0: I see they're like um, they're prefixed with a three-digit number, at least it looked like it. Is that the row number in Airtable?
1: Oh, um those are those are just the those are not the row numbers. And the reason why that's the case is because I wanted to solve for people who might have multiple images of like a single image that exists in multiple fields. Oh, got it. And to solve for that, I, I have to not have any duplicates in terms of names. Uh-huh. So I just added that left number, just the number of the images. But yeah, if, if people have a better naming convention that I can use, I'm, I'm totally I'm totally down to implement that too. But
0: mm-hmm. well, that's super useful. I can, I can think of a, a few ways I could use that. Nice. Yeah. So I'm seeing um, you can... Or an, a, a user can sort of build uh, their, I guess, application using maybe one, maybe two, or even all of the extensions that you provide, um, so it's not a one-size-fit-all solution.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I liked about this approach of solving like one problem in one extension is... In a lot of the integration websites, what they do is you can connect integrations and you stack them up, right? Yeah. The stacking up is a bit hard to to explain to people sometimes. So what I wanted to do is I wanted the kind of when when you combine multiple things into into one job, I wanted that process to happen on your table. So you can imagine a um, you can imagine for example the first job that I showed you, which is convert URLs to attachments doing the first part, and then you just run the second part with downloading the attachments. So the idea is sort of like the middle state is Airtable. So you can connect all of these together, but it's simple because Airtable is that middle state that holds what you want.
0: Yeah, that's great. So when you were um, creating this, um, was it always something that you thought about including the scheduling feature?
1: Uh, I didn't. But it's actually not the scheduling feature that surprised me of how useful it is. But it's the webhook. The, ah. the webhook was like a, a definitely like afterthought, but it is probably it, it adds so much more power to this. So for for those who are not familiar with webhooks, I can show you how um, what what that means here. So if, if I want to run this same job that we ran earlier, um. We get a webhook here, and then this URL. When you open the URL, the job gets run, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know that means anywhere in the world that you can open a URL, the job gets run.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Which is which is yeah, it's it's a lot more powerful than I had originally <laughs> thought when I when I was implementing the feature. It's it's nice when features surprise you. Yeah. So,
0: so from so it sounds like you had made this product or this service that. Um, takes kind of the guesswork out of a lot of common requests that someone might have, which might be useful for like most users. But it's you've made it even more useful for um, power users who you know are familiar with webhooks and make their own integrations somehow. Adding that feature, I think maybe it has doubled the the usefulness. It's
1: yeah, and and I also feel like there will be in the future extensions where. You know some some of the some of the extensions are not necessarily just a state from Airtable to a new state in Airtable. Mm-hmm. So for example when you're downloading attachments that's a kind of different kind of um, a service, right? Sure. So I'm thinking there will be a lot of things like that that might be super interesting. Like you can imagine an extension that gives you like you know you generate a landing page or something. So those sort of ext- extensions I'm excited about because you know the the sky is the limit with those like Who who knows how how simple yet powerful they can be, and I'm I'm excited to explore that venue of like things that currently are. It's not even hard to do manually. It might even be impossible to do manually. Yeah, those those sort of things I feel would be really awesome to have in this kind of like mini extension
0: kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing one that says text sentiment analysis. Do you mind going over that
1: one? For sure that's one of the ones I'm excited about. So this is, um, for those not familiar with text sentiment analysis, it's a process with machine learning where you grab some text, say you have a review of a product or something, and you want to categorize it. Is it a negative review? Is it a positive review? Is it a neutral review? And you can imagine doing this for a bunch of stuff, not just if it's positive or negative. You can imagine like, oh, is this is this a, a feature request? Is this a feedback? Is this yeah. a complaint? Um, and this is done with machine learning. And we use this uh, service called Monkey Learn. And they've got, I, I'm very impressed by them. They've got a lot of like pretty, pretty sophisticated machine learning solutions. Mm-hmm. And people can go and check it out. But yeah, they've got more than even just text sentiment analysis. But I'll go ahead and show you this running. Um, see right here. So I'll, I'll delete these to rerun it, but yeah, so it grabs the, the input of the machine learning process is the, the field on the left here, which is kind of like the reviews. Yeah. And then the classification is saved here on the right, as you can see. Yeah. And I, I, when I first implemented this, it was just for text sentiment analysis. That's why I called it text sentiment analysis, but then I realized that there are so many more things that you can do on Monkey Learn that I should probably rename this to like running machine learning on on Airtable or something like that. Because yeah, it's it's one of my favorite ones. It's it's pretty, yeah. pretty awesome.
0: It seems like it could be very powerful. I think the first Airtable base I had made was to organize. I was in school and we had to do a survey of people and I was collecting responses and trying to group them together. And it sounds like this would have made my life so much easier.
1: Exactly. And that's sort of, so the the grouping is is what's called in like artificial intelligence and machine learning as like classification. Yeah. And the class the classifiers you you, you know there there could be as many and as 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 diverse as you'd like them to be and there are they actually have MonkeyLearn has a process in which you can make your own classifier which I haven't messed with because it seems it seems like it's a bit involved but the yeah it's like actually really cool that you can pretty much do sophisticated machine learning with no experience or understanding of machine learning whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah. And again, something that even a super user I might, might think is not necessarily something possible and yet um, in Airtable and yet here it is (laughs) Yeah. well implemented.
1: Yeah. And there's um, another one that I enjoyed and I was pleasantly surprised by was the PDFs one. So this does a PDF generation. So it generates PDFs with a website called Doco Pilot. Okay. And let's let me pull it up here. So what it does is you want to turn every row in this table into a PDF document. Yep. So let's say you like you want to get invoices or something. So this is an example of like invoices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can see like this is the name of the company. This is the name of um, like this column right here. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's just, it's cool. It takes, you you, like define a PDF template and then you just like all at once (laughs) generate like thousands of PDFs as much as you want. So this one is, is super, super exciting too.
0: For our audience, this is different from the page builder block because the page builder block, it's not, it doesn't put the PDF into the record. Um, so it's not immediately available for download or to preview. You kind of have to open the blocks panel and find the record. So um, one of the features that I've been hoping for for Airtable was a way of using Page Builder and to put it into an attachment field associated with um, that record. And again, here it is. You've already figured it out. Uh, So,
1: yeah, exactly what you said. And to add to that, so you can have a completely automated process. You can imagine having a new field here that says email, right? Yeah. And then you can have another integration that sends the email. So all of a sudden you have a completely automated invoice system.
0: Right. Great. And I um you would you would set up the template for the PDF in DocuPilot, right?
1: Yeah, it's okay. it's, it's just like setting up a Word document and you sure. just specify this is where I want this value to be and this is where I want this value to be and it mm-hmm. just yeah.
0: Wow. okay. I think this one might be my favorite. Oh, nice!
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's unpredictable sometimes which which ones people like.
0: <laughs> well, everyone has such different use cases. I um, I've been trying to make a, a running project database, not a project tracker, but to um, log all of the product uh, projects that my company has been doing for the past sixty years, and there's thousands of projects, and we just want a one sheet summary of them. And to generate, you know, that one sheet, it'd be great if it was automatic. And I'm staring at a solution right now and it makes me oh, nice. Happy.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. I was also thinking, I haven't made this, this one yet, but I was also thinking it might be interesting to turn the entire table into a PDF somehow, but it's like, you know, a lot of times I, I don't, I don't want to go ahead and make something without people asking me because I'm like, I don't know what the use case is. <laughs> like, I don't want to,
0: yeah.
1: I don't want to do too much guesswork here, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I have um I have a bunch of ideas in my head that I'm trying to like see if if they're even like, because I, I know they're possible, but are they useful? Like you know you can imagine doing this, but you get a website, like you get a URL to a page here, right? Like imagine if instead of the PDF you get a URL and you can send your customer or whatever the URL and it's like a nice looking web page where it shows yeah. you the invoice, stuff sure. like that. But yeah, it's, it's hard sometimes to, know, to, to filter through what are good ideas and bad ones. So
0: Yeah, I can understand that. I think um, for what you just described, maybe not, you know, a listing of all records, but I could see the usefulness of like a filtered view, for instance, if you have it set up to do um, overdue tasks, for instance, maybe you want just a snapshot of all of them um, and then you might be able to do that with the scheduling feature you mentioned. Maybe it does it just once a month on the thirty-first, or something, to give you a list of all your overdue tasks.
1: Yeah, actually, let me show you the options for the for the scheduling feature too. Mm-hmm. So, um, so far, I've made it to to have these four options. So you can run it every four hours, every day, every week, every month. And I'm I'm even considering maybe it's it's hard to for scheduling can be expensive, and I'm trying to like make this be a uh, like in total i want this to be a cheap thing for people to use so i, I don't if so if, if i have to you know if i say oh you can schedule it every 15 minutes i might have to like increase the prices because the servers yeah. costs money so of course so right now this is it but if anybody needs more reach out to me i'm very open
0: wow i am blown away um Thank you so much for sharing this um, with me and with the podcast, with all of our um, listeners. Um, we will make sure that we will um, put it out there. Um, if you just wanted to plug um, your website one more time, and if you're available on any social media or anything, any ways they can contact you, go, go for it.
1: Sure. Uh, so the website is miniextensions.com. I I'm not all that much of a social media user, but if you go on mini-extensions.com, there's a little chat bot. Oh, it's not a bot, it's me. So just hit on the chat thing and start talking to me. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'm pretty responsive. So yeah.
0: Okay, great. One more time. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Great.